think we finally did that heady, heady New England trip we talked about. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> we talked about this like, like a year ago. This is very true. Yeah, right? We did like a feisty thing. Right, everybody that matters. Well, and I've gone to, I mean, I haven't done anything, I haven't done any weed thing in Rhode Island yet. You haven't what? I haven't done anything in Rhode Island yet. Yeah, I feel this like my it's, first been, time, it's been a long time coming. It's my first time smoking weed in Rhode Island, actually. Huh. That's true. <laughs> is it your first time smoking weed in Rhode Island? That's what I'm saying. It was, yeah. Okay. Literally. In my life. All right, me too. All right. That makes two of us. Two? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah! On this episode of the Vermont Awana Podcast, we go on a New England leaf-peeping road trip with Monica, publisher, co-founder of Hetty Vermont, our old pal Uncle Drew. We visit the Nikan Convention in Portland, Maine, go down to southern Rhode Island on a secret mission to talk with a grower, a medical patient, and then make our way up to Massachusetts on the way back to Vermont. It's the Hetty Vermont Fall Road Trip. Let's go. your grinder down and turn your radio up. This is the Vermont You Want a Podcast. Lighting up the airwaves. Your host rolling it up nice and tight. You are Harry. All right, welcome to the Vermont Awana podcast. This week we have got a special episode. We are recapping our New England road trip. This is a milestone episode in the podcast. It's our first mobile podcast that we've ever recorded, it's our first three way podcast. Yeah, that's right. We practiced that. Um, and we have joining us live in the studio, the most illustrious co-host. It's Uncle Drew, a.k.a. Vape Dad. Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> <laughs> we love you! Oh, my God! That's him. That's Uncle Drew, a.k.a. Vape Dad. Like I said, we had a great time recording this episode. We went this past weekend in mid-October, the year 2017, from Burlington, Vermont to Portland, Maine for the NECAN Cannabis Convention. From there, we went to Southern Rhode Island to an undisclosed location. It was all very secretive. That's right. <laughs> Uncle Drew with the live sound effects in studio here. Yeah, like if the guy from Police Academy decided to go to community college instead of becoming a movie star. Pretty sick. <laughs> that's that's him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, also, took care of logistics like a champ on the road trip. Thank you, thank you. It was it was a fun little adventure we had. So we recapped. We recorded this from the car. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's actually who <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> uh, the uh, the podcast itself. The recording is like it's kind of stony listening to it. No. <laughs> it's also kind of a milestone. It's the first time uh, I've done any podcasting while being legally under the influence sure. of cannabis. Sure. So it was really a pioneering weekend all around. Some groundbreaking work was done. Um, 
like we said, I think we got some pretty good reaction. We recorded this on Sunday night on our way back home. And I think we caught everything that we wanted to. For the most but, part, I'm surprised that we didn't succumb to exhaustion. It was a really, really busy weekend. <laughs> it was a busy weekend. And I think a few days later, what I take out of it, the things that stick out and remember the most, it's the late night excursion in Portland. It's that bomb ass meal. It's the size of the convention. Oh my, how they grow up fast. <laughs> and just the uh, the quality of everything that's going on and kind of the gray market aspect of it. Like there's no, it's, it's the really interesting fun part right now where there's a lot of gray market and a lot of gifts and donation and consulting happening. So uh, we had a blast, we think you'll enjoy. Without further ado, our New England road trip. This episode of the Vermont Tawana podcast is brought to you by the Vermont CBD and Hemp Farmers Market. This groundbreaking event is happening on Sunday, November 5th in Burlington, Vermont at 1 Main Street at the train station on both floors going from 12 noon to 6 p.m. Presented by Hetty Vermont. Check out hettyvermont.com events. For more information, the first ever CBD and Hemp Farmers Market, sponsored by Series Natural Remedies. We are looking forward to having over 20 vendors there. Music, food, CBD, hemp, information, education, connection, engagement. It's going to be a great time. Check it out. Sunday, November 5th, CBD and Hemp Farmers Market, hedyvermont.com slash events. We will see you there. So I think we should probably just start by introducing ourselves since I've never had okay. two live guests on the podcast. This is 100% growth for the Vermont Awana podcast, purely in the number of guests. So you should introduce yourself and then Uncle Drew will introduce himself. Um, Uncle Drew needs no introduction, first of all. <laughs> Please go ahead. Uh, slash. Monica, you are the guest. Um, slash vape dad. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm yeah. Monica Donovan. I'm the co-founder of Hedy Vermont, and uh, I'm happy to be here. All right, and we're doing this from the back of the car, driving back up to Vermont after the end of our Leaf Peeper, Hedy Vermont, Hedy New England road trip. So I think we'll kind of just start out with overview. What were the expectations before we left, right? Kind of outline what we were planning to do, and then... Uh, we'll start kind of in chronological order and unpack the weekend and sort of relive it. So starting out with kind of what were your expectations going into the trip and maybe Monica, you want to sort of break down what the plan for the weekend was. But the plan for the weekend was, well, um, initially, which it was your plan. Well, my plan, my plan was, uh, you know, kind of unexpected. I didn't think I expected to actually go to Providence and I decided it was too good to pass up. But you weren't going to go to Portland. Well, you weren't going to go to Portland. No, I decided at 11 PM Friday night. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was a little impromptu, but I think the plan overall was to um, hit up Nikan, uh, Portland, yep. and uh, check that out, and then go to Providence and visit some people, and uh, hang out with some heady Vermont people. Yeah, and we're actually going to stop in Massachusetts as well, and so get the full tri-state experience. Full semi-legal tri-state experience. I was about to say fuck New Hampshire, but uh, I'll just, yeah, you know, I won't, they, I won't they say that. Decrim, like, dude, like, they're getting there. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, agnostic on on New Hampshire. Alright, and then Uncle Drew has been co-piloting aka, va- AKA Vape Dad. Yes, definitely. 
And uh, getting it safely everywhere in New England. <laughs> yeah, piloting us safely, helping to uh, bring out the best in our friends. Yeah, spent, that's spent the last bad. spent the last three hours trolling, trolling my friend in Rhode Island. You guys just met and immediately started trolling each other. It was hilarious. I'm gonna have the opportunity to troll a friend of yours in each of the states that we visit. Too. <laughs> you got another um, chance coming up in Massachusetts. Sure enough, <laughs> in, in my experience, at least recently, with uh, all of these kind folks, the quickest way to make a new friend is to tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> onward and upward. <laughs> uh, perfect. Well, uh, like I said, so to frame it, Monica, you mentioned Nikan. For those that are uninitiated who might not have listened to any of the past uh, many episodes, this is the exit right here, by the way. Yeah. Yep, that's us. Um, so, Monica, <laughs> for those that are uninitiated, maybe you can tell us what Nikan is. And what you were kind of set the stage for for what we we're doing in Portland. Um, NECAN is the New England Cannabis Convention, um, and uh, we we hit up the Portland one, but they also have a Rhode Island one coming up in two weeks in Providence, actually. Siri, yep. uh, stay in your lane. Seriously. Stay in your lane. And um, Rio also, Hedy Vermont, is co-producing the very first Vermont NECAN, which is going to be May 12th and 13th of next, so next May. Um, and we're super excited, so it's great to see uh, NECAN in action in, in another state, in addition to Boston. I think it's your third time. It's your third it time, right? It is, yeah. Oh. Um, so NECAN, yeah, it was founded by a couple of New England guys who are independent media publishers which you and I can obviously relate to. Definitely. Um, who basically started doing this in, I think, 2014, maybe, was the first Boston show. And there really was no cannabis industry to speak of. Even in mass, like, the medical was super delayed. Um, and so they were kind of the first ones to sort of plant a flag in the ground and do cannabis conventions. And they were always kind of, you know, I didn't go to the first one in mass, but started going to, I think this is my third Portland one pretty sure my third one in Maine. So they've done Massachusetts and Maine for a few years. The fa- one of the co-founders, Mark em- um, Mark Shepard, excuse me, I almost said Mark Emmer. Yeah, I was going to say. Freudian slip, right? No. Mark Shepard, um, he owned, Dig- he owned, uh, he owns the Portland Phoenix. I believe he's the publisher. Um, and he does Dig Boston, which is an indie media outlet. So he started doing these shows and I was drawn to them because they were mostly local people. Uh, you know, and that whoever was involved in the industry and wanted to be out there publicly was at these shows. So it was like an opportunity to kind of get in at the grassroots ground level. And the first one I went to and last year's, um, they've doubled, yeah, they've doubled each year. Yeah. Drew and I both went to, both oh, okay. went to that selling Bernie shirts. <laughs> um, it feels like a long time ago, more than a year. And it doubled in size. <laughs> Yeah, so the shows the shows have each, and That's I've recorded crazy. and talked to Mark and like go back and listen to these past interviews because they have literally doubled in size each year. It's exponential growth. Part of why I have always wanted to do Nikan in Burlington, in Vermont, and why I'm so excited that we are going to do this in May, 11th through the 13th, 2018. Save the date. Nice plug. Yeah, thank you. So. Um, Knowing Mark going to these shows, having seen it grow, Drew, maybe you can kind of set the stage for 
what we saw last year uh, at the show at the University of Southern Maine in Portland? Um, I mean, last year it, it was it was definitely it was my first cannabis convention. Uh, let's just say that. Um, yeah. So there really wasn't much for me to be expecting or to compare it to. Um, that being said, um, when I did get there, uh, I was surprised to see how many people uh, were um, set up to, to table there. Uh, and uh, that was more impressive than the turnout. Uh, right. There, there were always people there, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there were more than 20 or 30 people at any given time that had paid to come in uh, there and you know that was the first thing that surprised me uh, when we and they think at, there this year I think they probably had last year like what like 50 so what Drew's talking about is like the layout of the, the convention is that there are booths like 10 by 10 booths and all the various cannabis businesses rent them out and then you sell tickets to the public they come through they get to meet all these people um, they get to buy whatever products are legal you know, or there are donations, which is something that was new this year that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But, uh, yeah. And Monica, you did, you know, we did Hempfest, mm -hmm. which was kind of similar. It was sort of modeled, you know, like it's a trade show. Yep. Kind of a convention for, for the public. And then there's and we, also uh, education, there's workshops, and that's a big part of it, too. Similar format, yeah. Yeah. So, Drew, you were saying, I mean, last year was like in a gymnasium. And there's no smoking on, on site at any of these. And, like, last year, I don't think there were no, like, rec adult use hadn't passed yet in Maine. And it was a public-friendly show. So, yeah, this was a, a different tone this year, for sure. Um, it, it felt like Colorado, kind of, in that regard. But. So, what do you think that um, we saw table-wise in Boston, I think, in April. And, Monica, you came down to that, right? The Nikkei yeah, show did. in Boston? Yep, yep, And I think they had, like, 100 tables. That sounds about right. This one in Portland, they had 125. And, and he said he turned away dozens. And he had to turn people, turn tables away. Yeah. And then he probably... Them, and then he turned people away because it made so. Yeah, so... Um, so we all decided to come down to this convention because we are putting on this one in, in Burlington with working with Nikan working with Mark and uh, I think Jeff is his partner's name the co-founder yeah. um, so we're definitely excited for that and I want to ask about your reaction to this year uh, and Monica what you thought starting with sort of the approach and the location because this was the first time it had been in this spot Portland yeah um, yeah I mean I thought the, um, the talks were pretty well spaced out like there was a lot of room in there uh, describe the setting just to start with. Well, um, it was in a, um, I guess, a sports complex with green astroturf. Yeah. That's about right. It was like an active indoor soccer field. Um, yeah, and so I think the green was pretty fitting. Um, also easy in the feet when you're walking around a lot. That's yes. true. Um, yeah, you I'm know, surprised was, nobody was barefoot, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, you never know. Like, but, you know, it was pretty mellow. It was like a low-key, like, like, like dreams lab, like people filtering in and out. I mean, I think they had an influx in the morning. Um, for sure. But I think overall, even though it didn't feel like there were ever that many people in the room at that one time, I think he pegged it at like 3,000 plus 
That's yeah. what they said today on Facebook. So, um, you know, 3,000 plus people over two days. Oh, when I said so, that, I was describing uh, yeah. what I thought of last year's Annie. Yeah, Kimball. yeah, okay. This yeah. one, there there was a yeah. crowd milling outside before Absolutely. we even went in. And there, but, were, there you know, were people there all day. Yeah, the floor I was mean, nice. My, having the on-site uh, restaurant certainly helped to get people to stick around longer, I think. Yeah, that venue was uh, that venue was sweet. Like I wouldn't have thought of having a convention like it on the indoor soccer field, but clearly, like he needed that larger space. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was my mind was blown, like because it was kind of like a had an airport hangar feel, sure. because yeah. the ceilings were so high. And so I really liked that. Um, and this year, obviously, like adult uses passed in Maine. There's no tax and regulate, so there are no over the counter sales yet. Nobody can legally sell any cannabis, but you can sure grow a fair amount. And the caregiver system is huge. There are, I believe, over 4,000 caregivers in Maine uh, who are licensed. And then on top of that, like it's, it's not vertically integrated. So as caregivers, you can make your own products. I don't know what the testing requirements are, but I think they're pretty lax. So right now, Maine is like kind of going crazy because regulation hasn't taken effect yet. Um, and I think overall, I mean, like, it's it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like seeing one of these conventions, have you ever seen one of these conventions on weed? Like, it's a weed convention, but there's actually flowers there yep. and products. And nobody's selling anything, but you can get a donation. You know, you can give a donation and somebody might give you free, might give you free weed. Uh, so, Drew, like, did you notice that being different? I mean, nobody was really smoking inside. And, like, Monica, did, was that... I mean, that is... Was that surprising? Was that surprising to you? Um, not really, no. I mean, I think there's still, like, a little bit of, like, a, a social discipline around it. Like a... No, not surprising that people weren't smoking inside. Like, I expect better of our kind. Yeah. That people aren't smoking weed inside. Yeah. Like, we all know how to act. But... I saw a couple of people vaping inside. Uh, it was uh, kind of low-key. That was pretty light. Yeah. Just a light vaping. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. That's why vape pens are great. But, um, yeah, Monica. So, I mean, I feel like this is part of the theme of this road trip. And I guess what I'm trying to get at and is that going from a state where it's not legal and there's no adult use and then going to not just a state where it's legal but a convention at the heart of the industry that's like exploding right now mm-hmm. is pretty wild it and is. pretty exciting and what I'm trying to do is paint a picture for people I mean, listening to this in the states where it's not legal so that one they're encouraged to go to NECAN and VTCAN and check this stuff out and makes their laws change but two to like give them an idea of like what this really looks like on the ground so if you guys can like everybody give a little bit more like it looks like everybody that's been involved in the main scene since uh i last saw them last year uh, have all done very well like just uh evidenced by only the fact that everybody stepped up their tabling game uh quite a bit (laughs) yeah there were a lot of like full like immersive tents you could go into and a lot more audio visual stuff um, I mean I think also um, all the businesses are just like becoming more professional they're all growing well, they, you know you kind of need like, to evolving because, and I think also you know Vermont originally feel like we're 
really behind, but at the same time, implementing regulation is different than just passing legalization. It's complicated. You know, right now in Maine, like, you can't go buy it. But, and there's all this, like, kind of different different ways that people are getting around it, and, and, and um, I think the consequences of not having that regulation in place are somewhat evident. Um, and people are obviously ready, you know, there's 4,000 caregivers who grow in, like, so many plants. Yeah. Um, and it's just ready to burst, you know. Um, but at the same time, there's still a restriction in place because the actual implementation is so much more complicated than, than right. you think. I but think, as an adult legal consumer right now, like, I mean, I, mean, I don't it was think... kind of liberating. It was really nice. Like, you know, we, we had some adventures and, like, you know, explored the scene a little bit, I think. Yeah. Beyond the convention, even. Yeah. Um, and that gave us a real taste of, of what it's like to be, um, you know, a cannabis consumer and made. Yeah, I was, jo- I was joking when we were, like, hanging outside um, with the Neva guys. Shout out to them, the New England Veterans Alliance. We were hanging outside with them, like, in a little alley like right outside the venue though and right outside the door you know and like legally you know smoking a blunt and it was no problem at all and I was joking like last year we went delicious by the way (laughs) yeah it was it was delicious again give them credit um you know but like last year we would have at least had to go around the corner you know to the back side of the building and have the you know at least buy into the illusion that you know the social contract and not consume and like you know still publicly you're not supposed to do it in private places and that's part of why I think this was a great venue because it was kind of isolated almost in like a little industrial park so you're not going to have people walking by incidentally sure you know if there are people who are smoking outside (laughs) like everybody who's there is there intentionally and you know secondhand is not really a consequence so um what were your favorite booths what stuck out? Who who stuck out for you guys? Like, what was the coolest product? Or, <laughs> um, I, I have some prompts for you if that stick out. One jumps to mind. But what about you, Uncle Drew? Um, man, I don't know. Um, I I didn't uh, have uh, much time to talk to many of the booths, but I, I definitely enjoyed talking to the woman who ran the uh, the lube company. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, that's, that's what I was going to say is the problem. Oh, she yeah. is a very what outspoken, she, she uh, called? Uh, yeah. affectionate person. And, um, yes, very, very, uh, very Not liberated. Not a lot of balls like, up with her. Oh man. Sharing. I want to say. It's good to be honest about your body, man. I want to say this, yeah. Uh, yeah, sex positive. Yeah, absolutely. And information positive. Very empowering discussion yeah. about putting weed oil in your genitals. Yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, I was going to join that. I'm not going to mention it because they should buy advertising in the podcast. So I think that's part of the policy is you can't give away free advertising. All right. We'll have so to we send them a link to the company. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> This interview is brought to you by HeddyVermont.com. HeddyVermont.com is your go-to resource for cannabis news and events, as well as resources. Whether you're somebody who just heard about this CBD stuff and wants a little bit more information, or you are a seasoned vet and professional who wants to know about advocacy, getting cultivator licenses, 
working in the legal cannabis industry and starting your own business, we have got something for you and something for everybody. So check out HeddyVermont.com. While you're there, make sure you sign up for the Stash newsletter and follow us on social media. But you will find the Vermont Awana podcast and a ton of other great original content straight from the source and the grassroots at HeddyVermont.com. That's H-E-A-D-Y, Heddy, Vermont, V-E-R-M-O-N-T.com. And now, back to part two of the Vermont Awana podcast, where we are going to talk about some late-night shenanigans in Portland, our experiences with the gray market, and the rest of our trip in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Back to the pod. Okay. That one was definitely... That was definitely memorable. <laughs> no, that was fun. Say. And we should preface this by saying we were only there on Saturday. You know it was cool, We weren't there on Sunday as well. We were well. only there on Saturday. And also, what was cool is we saw a few um, Hempfels vendors. Yes, we um, did. Uh, wow, like smooth plug. Like, at least four or five. Um, you know, and it's like, well, I bought my stuff from Hempfels, so I guess I should hit a knee can, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That was, that was nice to see as well. Yep, and those guys, if you buy a table yeah. at Hempfest and buy tables at Nikan, that's that's great. That's smart business. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I know. It was cool. Vermont Vermont has a growing presence. It does. I, things, I, I, know, I, I like, ran into a bunch of Vermonters and talked to a few people, like a few friends. Um, you know, um, Nick from Greener Mountain Consulting and, and Tim Farrow from um, Vermont Cannabis Solutions. Yes, these are all good with, plugs. Helping us out with BT Can. Um, were there as well, so it was very cool for the four of us to be there and kind of assess this whole massive um, undertaking that is incoming yeah. months, you know. It really was like a business trip and, and like a research trip, and we it, did learn a ton we, we did. from being there and seeing it in action and having our own experience with Vermont Hempfest. Well, yeah, because I was at Camp Boston, and then we did Hempfest, and then we went to this, and I have a completely different perspective, I think it's safe to say, yes. than I did at, at the last one at Boston Camp. So just having been through the, the the craziness of producing like a full weekend-long event, right. um, you know, it's, it's not easy, man. Like it's, but um, I think it was pretty worth it, you know? Yeah. I think we're going to do it bigger and better. And I like, I like what you said, um, you know, and we kind of had our own little Vermont group yep. who were hanging out for a long time. And that's part of the benefit of like going to these shows. And when you keep going back and you get to know people and you get to work with them and, you know, write about them and all of this, uh, then it's like networking and like catching up. And I feel like it was super productive in that everybody we were involved with got to network out a little bit more themselves too. I mean, networking for me was really my own uh, goal, my only goal, because uh, I don't have a uh, a stake in this industry yet, but um, in the last two days with you guys, I've gotten to see a little piece of every aspect of this industry, and that was just really eye-opening and exciting. And um, yeah, yeah, made made a bunch of new friends. Uh, well, oh my so- god, definitely. I mean, I mean, I have to say, even outside the convention, like Portland was awesome. Right, um, yeah. It was highly entertaining. Very impressed. By highly. Oh my God, man. Oh, yeah, Portland's yeah. a sweet um, city. We got and some you used stories. To live there, we right? got some stories, and we can't tell all of them on the podcast or something. But <laughs> like, it was pretty fun. Um, dinner after it was amazing. Shout out to room nine hundred four. Double tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I hope that dude came out of there alive. <laughs> I can't believe all his teeth were still in his mouth when you when we picked him up <laughs> off the ground. 
Well, we should we should backtrack a little bit, maybe, yeah, and set the scene. Let's go back to let's, let's talk about yeah, our because we did we stayed at the convention like we said until about six six thirty. We stuck around afterwards. Um, shout out to Eve and her crew down in Rhode Is that Island. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say earlier too. We do have the explicit tag, so we can talk about as much as we are. You know, you can swear and you can incriminate yourself as much as you want to, like in legal standing. So. Um, we went. We left the convention, and we went to a restaurant called Liquid Riot, which was down in the Old Port section. And that place was sweet. I mean, we were pumped yeah. when we walked in. Thank you to our friend Andrew, who hooked it up and introduced us to Matt, um, who took great care of us. It was an awesome, awesome spot. The master culinary wizard. That's a master of all trades. I, it was unbelievable, man. I mean, like my first impression going in there was just like aesthetically it looked really cool it's like steampunk um, main distillery yeah, yeah with the cool. chicken wire walls from roadhouse yeah. <laughs> the blues brothers I, I love that but it was like it's an independent craft distillery it's an independent brewery and then they also have their own independent uh craft sour beer brewery this uh, is all in so the good. same roof and then sour trouble like the yeah and then the food menu oh. is ridiculous uh, try the pork belly. And oh man, um, the pork belly is insane. Dreaming for months. So good. I know. And the uh, the the fernet, um, that liqueur. Yep. That was outstanding. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So. So that was uh, yeah. Yeah, that meal that was one of the best meals I've ever had by far. Like dining experience, it's just like so indulgent, just hours. And then like because it's made, you can go outside, and like go have a cigarette, and also, maybe theoretically like go smoke a joint in a private residence not out in the public and not have any concerns you know in Portland so I thought that was all pretty cool yeah um, that's pretty cool yeah but, man that um, was just a great night of eating and drinking yeah. but we, the irony <laughs> the irony was that all of this happened and we went to our hotel to the double tree yeah like finally quite luxurious not one but two trees and um <laughs> We realized we were like we don't have any any weed. Like it's legal in Maine. We were at the weed convention. Honestly, I was a little disappointed. We have not acquired any weed, and because we don't break the law, we don't travel from out of state with weed across state lines. It's just it's a silly thing to do, right? Especially when you're talking about weed publicly. So uh, that was pretty ironic, and I think we decided out about. 2 o'clock in the morning or 2.30 in the morning that we were going to do some research and see if it would be possible to get it delivered. A special Vermontawana investigative report. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) A special Heidi Vermont investigation. Can you get delivery in Maine at 3 o'clock in the morning? And again, like, you can't buy anything. That's not legal. Like, people can only donate. You know, so, like, somebody could meet you and do a consultation, you know, and maybe give you, like, a 15-minute consultation for, like, 85 bucks, and then, as a sign of their affection and appreciation, in a totally unrelated transaction, they could, like, give you maybe a quarter of some dank purple weed, you know? Um, Theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. So, we wanted to see if it was even possible, like... What is the online market? You know, there's no weed maps, and I don't think caregivers advertise. Like, we just didn't know. 
So you guys just started Googling, right? I mean, I was kind of um, like Well, we started in Craigslist and there wasn't much. And then, um, you know, poking around a little bit. I, I found a lot of them that, that closed at 9. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, um, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, exactly. So um, so then I just Googled, um, you know, I just Googled some roads. And then um, I found a website with a phone number. Yeah. And uh, that's basically what happened. So, um... Be called number. Yeah, you well, called. Drew called number. I was gonna say, Drew, you're the one who called him. Like, I can't believe that he picked up. Talk about a professional. Yeah, neither, neither could I. And uh, I, I was sure to uh, thank him for that right away, and uh, you know, let him know that despite the late hour, I was not a crazy person. And <laughs> presented no threat to him. And if you put a, your phone number on the internet, though, it's had, like had what a reasonable. You, uh, yeah. Request. I mean, and it was uh, you know Saturday night in a in a city. Right. So. Uh, right. A slightly bigger city than both. I, I didn't yeah. think That's it was true. an outrageous time to call. Well, and it is like an it it was like it's like an hour after the bars. You can get chicken wings like. It was easily until <laughs> four a.m. Like. <laughs> right. That's These things might kind of go hand in hand too, you know. Like <laughs> again, so all right. Well, good good point. But again, professional got to appreciate that so like you said we basically he wasn't going to come all the way to double the tree. double tree um clearly but, it was a uh, seller's market at <laughs> that time of uh, morning <laughs> that's true he had us by the balls <laughs> it's true so we went and met him at um yeah, at a gas station that we won't call that we won't name um and first reaction upon upon seeing, we are just hanging out, not sketchy at all, the three of us, at a random gas station, three o'clock in the morning. And, uh, yeah, this... Oh, and a deep, deep, impenetrable fog from the sea, too, like, um, it was, it was so... Oh, uh, yes, we did, there was, it was quite so fog. foggy, you couldn't see anything. I remember that about Portland, there's always foggy. Walking clouds, yeah. like... Yeah, true. It's pretty like cinematic. Actually, yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And then, and then this figure emerges from the mist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this lone beacon in the night. This dude looking like a Our straight, hero. straight up God. like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> straight up, straight up hype beast. Like looked like he was wearing like some supreme sweatpants, like and some loafers. No, yeah, he was an attractive man to start with, but his <laughs> outfit true. was on point. It was unbelievable. It, it definitely looked like if I was dropping shit off was... to somebody at three o'clock in the morning, I'd be in my pajamas with like the spaghetti stained shirt and like all fucked up looking, like uh, half yeah. asleep. And I don't know. Yeah, it, it looked like uh, the cannabis business was agreeing with him. He looked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like he just got back. Anyways, he was a really nice guy. You know, he was super chill. We, like, talked a bunch. Yeah, was totally smooth. He gave it... He been very open about his uh, business with us as well. And, like, yeah. He was eager to, to tell us his experience in the last year. He said he started that business in April, was it? Yeah, I think so. That's what he said. Yeah. And, I mean, he had been featured in, like, some big media. Like, that's how you found him on Google. Right was like he had been quoted or something. So like clearly that was part of his business model, right? It's like you call him up and he fucking answers the phone at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but even right? in the article, it implied that uh, business was booming w- without them. Like they were they were late to the, his success. It sounded like like 
He said it took off right away, right? Yeah. Like, well, I was thinking about, in hindsight, like, that could have been really sketchy, you know, and, like, that's the flip side of delivery. Sure. You know, is that, like, yeah, somebody could show up and, like, axe murder you. There were three of us. We had numbers. We had he, did, numbers. he did have that uh, guard dog, though. We had numbers and, and liquid courage. <laughs> that is yeah. true. That is true, yeah. Real killer. Oh, my God. That was the perfect... That was the best part of his ensemble was a, a small breed of dog looking hilarious. And it was just, uh, like, so chilled out, like man. Like, he was in one arm. Yeah, like, cradled yeah. in one arm. <laughs> yeah, we, we decided to... Uh, the dog's name, like we want to protect everybody's identity, so we're gonna say the dog. The dog's name is Fettuccine, <laughs> and it was a ridiculous part of the night. <laughs> it was awesome. So uh, the trap, the trap got <laughs> Fettuccine. <laughs> oh, that dude was super cool though, and he, yeah, and he, he was. did say that uh, he was open to be uh, interviewed for an yeah. upcoming podcast. So yeah, you're uh, right. With the right permissions, we can mm-hmm. possibly uh, yeah, be yeah. speaking to him in the future too. Absolutely. So that's, Excited because he was really nice. I know we're uh, it sounds like we're making fun of his outfit, but uh, yeah, really, I mean, uh, he was he was very uh, very cool to us. Yeah, and it was just like a surreal experience, you know. It was. I mean, that was the first for all of us. Like, right. I've never done that. Yeah, he's done that. So. Uh, yeah, I no no definitely not yeah. not like that. Like, no. you know, nothing that happens. Not in that moment. Not not as it stands. Right. And it comes back to that, like, that strange in-between place, because we should have better options, you know, than meeting somebody at the gas station, right. you know, at three in the morning. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, it was really cool, and it turned out awesome for us, but that kind of, um, like, loosely regulated situation, um, puts, puts a lot of people at a disadvantage in some ways, so, um... Right. You no, know, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. I think it was awesome. Um, but it's just an example of this, like, strange in-between place that Maine is right now. Right. Although I gotta say, I appreciate like in Maine, there's so much competition with all the caregivers that like even the stuff that um, that he had like had a label on it. You yeah. know, and like I don't know if it's really tested, you know, or if it's just like what the gene, you know, what the seed company says the percentage is. Mm-hmm. But like, but it was you know, professionally packaged. It was and professionally packaged, and it was, and it was the, the highest medical grade, like perfectly cured. Right, well Perfect cured, well trimmed. I mean, honestly, street product reviews, really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Five stars, for sure. Yeah, man, Maine is crushing it right now. It's awesome. But you said, like, the gray market, Monica. I did. I started doing a segment, like, last week talking about kind of the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's just interesting to see, you know, where all the... Like, loopholes are always going to exist, and people are always going to exploit them. You know, but... Um, I mean, I, I think I there's a lot of a lot of the advancement has been because of loopholes. <laughs> well, and I mean, you see, like at Nikan, you know, like people want to have legitimate businesses. They do. And like, there's enough that there can be healthy competition, and everybody who's involved, it seems like, is making money, right? And like putting out good products and like. Um, I talked to vendors who said they sold like a bunch of product. Um, I won't say any numbers or people, but definitely, I think it was a good a good weekend. Uh, like, yeah, like, as yeah. far as the value goes for what it costs to get a table at a, a yeah. Nikan event, and what you get back in return for being a vendor or sponsor, like, you can't beat it. I think the takeaway from a lot of these things, and the, all of the ones that I've been to, with, like, Nikan, like, and organizing Hempfest, is people come away with a really high-value uh, weekend. Like, yeah. they, they get a lot. Like, for a $10 or $20 ticket, like, you get so much. 
Right. And well, and this year there's like samples and donations and and gifts like, and there were a few tables like I saw pictures on Instagram. I didn't spend a ton of time there, you know, just like huge glass jars full of heady nugs, and like you don't see yeah. that out in the public. You know, certainly in Vermont. No, and I think it's still novel for a lot of people. Yes. And it's really exciting to just sort of see it in front of your face. And really, you have to, like, go to these things because the face-to-face and the, the interaction and the building of the community is really important, I think. Um, and just getting to know people and, like, asking questions and, like, trading information and, like, forming those relationships and, like, just building it up together. I think it's pretty important. And framing a post-stigma reality for cannabis yeah, where it's, it's not it's taboo. It okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good... Getting there. That's a really good point. Well, and like you said, just the value of networking face-to-face. And when you meet people like who you've seen on Facebook or read about... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, there's people I knew for months and months, and then you finally meet them in person, and you're like, hey, yeah. And I'm never... I've yet to be disappointed. I mean, Drew, we were saying this earlier, like, you know, the amount of interesting, unique people yeah. that you meet in cannabis... You know who like are are doing are do, yeah they're just yeah. like doing interesting stuff and like especially the people who are drawn to it right now and who have been putting in the time over the last few years or the last few decades in the case of a lot of them. Um, I like to think if it had been you know some some period of time ago they would have been the ones going out in the wild west and like frontiering and right <laughs> right right like we were talking earlier about um, marketing words and like the word pioneering. You know, like, I think that's a really fair, fair, accurate one to use. It is. It's on, it's on Telstra Grad. To kiss our own asses a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> right. The final chapter of the podcast is sponsored by Hetty Vermont and the Vermontawana podcast. We have got a unique opportunity here, folks. Never again in our lifetimes will there be these kinds of opportunities with cannabis. Whether it's something you've been doing a long time or something you are new to, it is for everybody. There's opportunity for everybody, and it's a great time to get involved. If you're somebody who's out there in the cannabis world already, we encourage you, reach out to us about advertising. The Vermont Tawana Podcast, we would love to talk about what you're doing, your product, your business, your ideas, your background, how you are going to change the game. And we want to help you connect with those people who are also passionate, interested. So, contact us about the Vermont Tawana Podcast and HeddyVermont.com, ad at HeddyVermont.com, or on social media at HeddyVermont. And now, the final chapter, where we bring it all the way back to Burlington. Enjoy. No, we're not going to say that. We're not going to say the locations of any any of these places. Oh, yes. But we were in... Uh, all right, so the second half, I thought we could talk about, we were in Rhode Island, yep. right? And we went and saw a... Uh, spent time with a patient. We spent time with a patient in Rhode Island. Uh, talked about that. That was great. Had an awesome dinner. Continuing on the theme of eating and drinking really well all weekend. That's been a huge success. Um, Anything from from Rhode Island? I mean, they have they seem to have pretty good patient laws, but they don't have operating dispensaries, I don't believe. Or they do, but only Rhode Island patients can go in. Out-of-state patients cannot. Um, yep, and then I remember he said, um, new tags, and they call oh, one yes. immature and one mature plant. That's right. So each tag covers one mature plant and one immature plant. I 
the same time. Right, okay. And that's what it is. Like, you have a... Sp- have, I believe, 12 tags? Right. It's new to me. That is what he said. You're right. Okay, and then... Well, in Rhode Island also, uh, I mean, they have the same gifting laws that uh, Maine have, don't they? For patients, yes, but not for the public. Okay. Rhode Island doesn't have adult use yet. They are, uh, they might be Vermont to the punch. Their legislature is all about it. All right. Um, can you turn that down just a little bit? Sorry. All right. I like having it in there a little bit of ambiance. Um, and then to complete the sweep of the mass of the New England road trip, the heading New England leaf peeping tour, we stopped in Massachusetts and saw a personal legal adult use home grow with someone that had six plants legally right and I think that that seems pretty awesome I think in Vermont we're probably going to be lucky to get you know I'd like to get four. Oh, and he had such a clean setup too like uh, he was like the Bob Vila of home grow like. yeah it was like very very good a lot of like good technology and stuff too I mean we can't reveal anything obviously but it, right? yeah yeah it was illegal it was cool to see like you know you can just do it yep yeah that automator that uh yeah. keeps all the that's co2 bad. in line yeah that was really cool looking. and the thing that surprised me the most was that there was there's less than no smell i mean it was uh it was well ventilated i i i wouldn't have ever known that there was anything in there let alone a giant tent full of flowers right yeah exactly like you could have you could be in the other room next door and never know you know it's not like there's any noise either coming off or any exhaust all right um and then anything else from massachusetts that was a pretty quick well, little, those quick little pit stops. It's definitely a quick little pit stop, but... For a minute, I stopped I think... remembering what state I was in. <laughs> uh, seriously. Oh, the laser show. That was cool. The laser show was pretty cool. The, the yeah, that was music. awesome. Was we, we got to hang out with a lot of ballers this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, really I was, was like, that trend. Everybody not... seems to be really uh, happy uh, just making a lot of money on their own terms. And... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we didn't slum it, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I feel like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but just to say we completed the tri-state trifecta, I think, was probably the thing to We did. Well, in too. taking this, like, we actually are making, like, a whole circle. We, going we, from, like, Vermont to Portland. Yeah. Down we, to Rhode Island. And then uh, back up. Yep. Like, it's literally just taking, like, oh, it's kind of a straight line, not necessarily a yeah, loop. Yeah, three but, people in three states in one day. New England wow. mm-hmm. Well done, guys. Yeah, seriously. I think that's part of the theme, though, about New England and the Northeast, and that's why it's so stupid not to have all these states legal at once. Because it's like, stuff could theoretically, you know, like, move across state lines so easily just driving. Well, you know, like, we, in, in the span of four hours, we can get across three different states. You know proximity I mean? of New England is real. I mean, right. there's a lot of you know, and that's a factor to consider when you... I guess what I'm saying is I don't think Prohibition can last when people can, like, drive yeah. to Boston and they drive to Maine and Portland and they see this shit for themselves. Um, I think it's going to speed things up. Plus, like you said, all the money 
and all the people who are having great times being in the cannabis industry and making money legally, doing all this crazy stuff. Which, yeah. All right. Well, any any last last words for the for the road trip? What we what we learned? Any profound thoughts to take it out? Thank you again, Drew, for driving. <laughs> That's Uncle Belt. Drew to you. I think that would be yes, exactly. So there you go, Uncle Drew. Thank you. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, this was just a really inspiring weekend. It showed me just how tangible all of this industry is if you go out and you know give it your attention show up you know that's uh what monica and i were talking about earlier today like uh, the future belongs to those who show up and i felt really happy that i got to show up with you guys this weekend i learned a lot had a lot of fun and uh got a lot of good ideas for next year i think yeah, a lot uh, of Uncle, brainstorming. Uncle Drew's got some schemes up his sleeves. <laughs> Never. Yeah, Good a lot, fun, a lot of brainstorming. Right? Yeah, sure. seriously. Yeah, that was you actually kicked around good. Kicked some cool like, ideas. That was, yeah. I think that was one of my favorite things. Is just brainstorming and like having some free thinking. Yeah. Showing people. This is true. This is true. That it's definitely a benefit of doing like a a road trip. Well, as yeah, like a, just, as like just, a business, like you know, retreat kind of thing. It kind of is. You don't want like to try. You know, it, just, to, it just goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, best. You're just going to talk the entire time anyway. So. How are we playing? Smart, man. All right, cool. Well, thanks, guys. This was the first ever first ever three-way on the on the, on the the podcast Ooh. live in the studio. So. <laughs> hey, we should bring back some of that CBD lube for the next one. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget those things. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, yeah. I'll see key, man. Alright, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed that. Thank you to Uncle Drew and to Monica Donovan, the co-founder, publisher, managing partner at Hetty Vermont for their time. Thank you to Nikan for having us in Maine, to our friend in Rhode Island and our friend in Massachusetts for hosting us as well. Great to see you all. On the next episodes of the Vermont Awana podcast, we have got some big ones We have got Melissa Etheridge. Yes, that Melissa Etheridge, the world-famous Melissa Etheridge. We've got Kamani Jefferson talking about the love of cannabis, lobbying, advocacy, going from Brooklyn to Boston. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time. Elevate the state.